everybody. This is Kimberly Gold. I was the bass player in the Halloween dance scene from the movie Once Bitten. And you are listening to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast. Welcome back to the Vampire Movie Minute Podcast, a podcast dedicated to any and all vampire movies on the Radio Horror Network, and we are continuing our coverage of Dracula 79, or just called Dracula. I'm your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Scott Danielson. And Scott's rejoining us. Hopefully you enjoyed the last two episodes with Chris Derricotch from the Dogma Minute, and my episodes on Dogma Minute should be airing at some point soon. Um... (laughs) So, we are at the top of minute 40, covering minutes 40 to 45. Uh, begin our minutes with Harker driving, and we end uh, with um, the minute. We end the minutes. Uh, I can't read my notes. How did the 45 minutes end? <laughs> train station. Train station. That's right. Train station. So, we yep. begin our minutes with Harker driving. Uh, what do you think of that car, Scott? I mean, it's a. I'm, trying, I'm pulling up the image of, of the car. Yeah, it's a it's an old it's an old fashioned one. This means the show the movie does take place in the twenty twentieth century. Yeah, that's that's what's kind of weird. I, I was you know uh, I always get reminded when I see cars that are this old that I feel like it was an old peanuts thing where they always just so like you had to start them with like a crank or something. That's always what I think of every time I see an old car from this era. <laughs> or even worse, the uh, the way too fast car from a uh, league of extraordinary gentlemen from 2003 <laughs> yeah that was like a steam-powered car or something like that right yeah something like that it was it was they, they hand-waved it by being a captain nemo invention but yeah but uh, i do find it i do find it fun that <laughs> because they didn't even they didn't even make windshields at the time so of course he has like driving goggles like that's <laughs> very indicative of the time um, Renfield's brought to the sanitarium and gets a pretty nasty haircut. Yeah, it's very forceful. After Renfield uh, attacks him, by the Renfield attacks Harker. Yeah, yeah. Renfield attacks Harker initially, and he's mostly just kind of like, hey, I, I jumped in your car. I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he's freaking out. He's like, oh, well, this guy's clearly crazy. Time for you to go to the, oh, turns out I have connections at a loony bin. Bye-bye. <laughs> Now you get your uh, head shaved, I guess. Uh, in these minutes and the next ones, we t- we we got to get into like what is going on at this insane asylum that uh, the patients oh. are allowed to run around, and there are patients that are pregnant. Like, are they getting pregnant at the insane asylum, or are they incarcerated while they're pregnant? I mean, this is this is the era where, um, uh, I mean, I, the time. The people who are mentally ill have never been treated well. No! Get the hell out of here! Are you saying we don't have uh, very good health care for our mentally ill? Yes, but I I believe this could be the era where uh, women in particular were were diagnosed as having hysteria (laughs) all the time. So it's like, oh, it's like, hey, like, so if you were, let's say, a well-to-do business person or well-to-do nobleman in England... And this woman came up and she's like, hey, uh, we had an affair. You got me pregnant. And he'd be like, well, you're clearly crazy. You're hysterical. And off to the asylum. So 
Um, this was before a lot of the exposés that got the majority of, I think at least in America, the majority of um, institutions like this at least reformed, if not shut down. Um, but so yeah, what's... it's not, not a great era. This is probably when they're testing out lobotomies for funsies. Uh, so what's funny is that one of the uh, episodes of Supernatural Creatures and Lore on uh, my other podcast I do with Mel Heflin, the first episode yeah, yeah. she came on for uh, was about Sam and Dean in, like a, in, a, in a sanitarium. And to great detail about sanitariums and what they would do to women. Yeah, there's actually a movie all about this that there were, um, like I think, basically early gynecologist kind of uh, uh, this era it's actually called hysteria and i think it's, it stars maggie gyllenhaal <laughs> who wow. helps oh wait are you talking about the secretary what are you talking about the secretary no 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 oh this okay because maggie gyllenhaal is in the secretary with uh dave uh james spader james uh, yeah james um spader spade yeah james spader, spader that's right yeah. and it's a bdsm movie yeah, it is a BDSM movie. Yeah, but this one is all about. Um, it's kind of it's played. It's a it doesn't quite work as a movie, but oh, it's played okay. as Hysteria doesn't at least. Uh, Secretary, I think it's fine. Um, yes, it is. It very much is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hysteria doesn't work as well because they're because they're trying to undercut the seriousness of it by constantly cutting to women who are clearly getting off for maybe the first time. Oh my! Like even just in the background. Oh my! Yeah, so that's like a constant presence in the film, so it's kind of hard to be like, this is a serious women's issue. <laughs> if you'd like to hear more about serious women's issues and uh, the yes. sexuality of certain kinds of things and uh, BDSM, tune in to the Dead TV podcast with me and Mr. Zeneca, uh, or go to Pennsylvania, her new BDSM club just opened up. Or check out my interview recently with uh, Isabella Sinclair, uh, the uh, world famous, and by I read world famous, 30-year career as a professional dominatrix uh, in the Hollywood scene, now living here in Massachusetts. There you go. And a friend of Radio Horrors. <laughs> of course. Said of course. to me, I will come back on your show anytime. Feel free to call me when you need me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I will listen a... to all instructions. Yes. Um, she, she, no, she is an absolutely lovely person to talk to. Of I was, course. I was, course. She, she came in, you know, like, I was completely intimidated when she came in, but she came in, she, looked, she was completely normal. She was just a woman. And then I'm following her on social media more and more, and I'm just like, this is the woman that came on my show. <laughs> this doesn't look the same. And then, you know, when she told me she'd been in the business for 30 years, I was like, no, you do not look that old. Um, she's yeah. got a mansion here in Massachusetts, a 125-year-old mansion will be celebrating its anniversary this year. So there's going to be a big event. So hopefully I get to go to that. Uh, but she'll be back on the show for Film Dungeon Commentary, which is my commentary on films that I do. Uh, with a guest star, so she'll be on for that. We've got to pick our film, and then we will um, cover it. Usually, obviously, something in the sci-fi, fantasy, or horror genre. Of so, course. Did you know Mina was Van Helsing's daughter? No, I did not. Isn't that weird? Isn't that a that different mythology? Yeah, it's like I feel like you'd bring that up earlier. <laughs> Think about Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, which is the only film to be as accurate to the novel as it could possibly be. Yes. Um, all of the characters that are in the book show up in the novel, including the baby, which they feed to the brides, you know what I mean? Which, by the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. if you read Vlada a Dracula Tale, my book, self-shameless plug, uh, that baby became a character in my book. Which character did it become, Scott, if you remember? I know it's been a while since you've read it. 
Oh, no, it has been a while. Please remind me. Colleen! Oh, there you go. The apprentice of Vlada is that baby. I changed it to a young girl being predatoried on by three male vampires. Creepy? Yes. But does anything really happen to her beyond probably her being turned into a vampire? You should buy Tales of the Damned and find out, because we explain her <laughs> origin story in that book. Da-da-da! Look how I just tied it all together in my little universe. Nobody who's read Tales of the Damned has any, offense, has any problem with any of the material in there. And it's actually, I think, racier in Tales of the Damned. There's more sex, and there's more sex. It's like I watched Coppola's movie, and I was like, fuck, everyone is horny in this movie. So horny. Everybody it, is horny in that movie. There's so it is a, so it is a weird. Fucking. It is a weirdly horny movie. Oh, my God. I mean, Cause, cause let me it, tell you, I've never heard so many women love a rape scene as much as they do Dracula with Lucy. Yeah, it's all, it's all very weird vibes. And the thing that's... I think the thing that's so funny about it is that... what. Generally, and this is, I think it's been done a little bit more nowadays, but I think that, at least for movies, most people associate period pieces with restraint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so sexuality is restrained, it's a lot of unsaid words and significant glances of James Ivory movies and stuff. Right. And, and don't forget, um, it's not just the bad guys or bad girls who are horny, too. Mina is horny for Dracula, Van Helsing's horny for Mina. All three of the suitors want to bang Lucy. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. every Everybody is very... Horny! Yeah. If, it, yeah, if it ended in an orgy, it would feel just as appropriate. Something like that. So, yeah. Mina, Lucy lives, Mina dies. There's not the multiple suitors, because Mina, Lucy's dad is Dr. Seward, played by Donald Pleasance. Mm -hmm. There's That's no right. Carrie Elway's character. There's no... <laughs> Oh shoot! Uh, the Texan from Cow, the Texas, the Texas oh, the cowboy, cowboy. Yeah, Quincy, yeah. Quincy, uh, Quincy Morris, gone too. Yeah. So I forget who plays him. Um, also a well-known actor. Um, and Doctor Stewart doesn't seem to be like a morphine addict either in this. Yeah, which is disappointing. I mean, let's let's get representation out there. It does feel like uh, like <laughs> Donald Pleasant just wants to eat a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's eating. it's the uh, the Brad Pitt approach. Um, <laughs> just constantly be eating. In the background of your movie. It's so weird. Um, the train arrives, and at the 44, 30-minute mark, we meet Lawrence Olivier as Dr. Van Helsing. And he's greeted by um, Dr. Seward, and it's this awkward hug. And I'm wondering, is it awkward because, A, they're in a lot of clothes, they're in a lot of coats, or is it because Lawrence Olivier was so sick at the time, Pleasance didn't want to give him an actual hug? It feels like it's he's just hugging his clothes. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's very. It's it, he, he's attempting to be very tender and familiar while also being like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had folks in your life who aren't big on hugs or like like physical touch is a big yes. thing. So you're like kind of it's like a gentle bro hug. It's God, very, you've been married for odd. twenty years. I've been single for twenty years. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe like okay. So I've been married. I've been single off and on for like fourteen, thirteen years. How long have you been married? Uh, going on a decade almost. Okay, so trust me, I get it. Uh, I don't understand why people go out on dates if they're not into touching, and I'm not saying inappropriate touching, but like you touch their hand, you give them a hug, you know? What yeah, I mean? you're, you're trying to be romantic and gentle. Yeah, it runs. It runs the gamut. I mean, yeah, Olivier just does look very stiff. Like that. That's the the only word I can use to describe him. Right. Um. 
I do believe a friend of mine is supposed to be getting us Trevor Eve, who plays Jonathan Harker, to come oh, on the nice. podcast. I haven't followed up on that quite yet, so we'll have to wait and see. By the way, look up a movie called Bounty from 2011. There is a trailer on IMDb with the thumbnail next to Olivia of what looks like um, Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins would be the next actor to play Van Helsing after this movie comes out, unless you count, like, the BBC version. I don't know when the Jack Palance movie came out, so uh, excuse me on the whatever. But it's just funny. Yeah, it's it's the bounty. It looks like it's got Mel Gibson in it, too. And I think it's Mutiny on the Bounty. Is that right? Uh, is that what? It, yeah, yeah. It's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it's from, it's from 84. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow, look at Mel Gibson. Woo, he's he a stud. Um, yeah, that's, that's fresh off of uh, Road Warrior. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. Music Mar- composed by Van Gellis. What? So, I didn't know Lawrence Olivier was in Rebecca. Oh, yeah, it's a classic, yeah. He's in, yeah, he's in that one, I the original. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, Lawrence Olivier, unfortunately, was very sick at the time uh, when this movie came out, and this would be one yeah. of his last big roles. Um, I completely forgot that he was Nicodemus in Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, it, it, it's so it's so wild, because I think if you visually look at Olivier, like, thre- like in his young years especially, you're like, oh, that's a very, like, he looks, he's very handsome. But then as he gets older, he does he looks stiff. Like he looks like he looks like he looks now, and it looks completely different. Um, and he plays very different kinds of characters. So he'd been playing a lot of kind of villains actually for the past couple of years leading up to Dracula, because um, he was in yeah he was in Sleuth with Michael Caine, and then he was in Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman. He was the villain in that. So yeah, I think he was probably like oh, I'm sick. I want to <laughs> I want to kill a vampire or something and do something you know maybe work with a, some some up-and-coming cast or something like that. Now, he was Richard III as well. What's the big deal about Richard III? When people say, oh, he played Richard III, it's like this is like being president of the United States almost. Uh, in acting. So, yeah, so he's... So the big deal about Olivier, especially with Shakespeare, is that he's a little... He's kind of like uh, the early cinema version of, of uh, Kenneth Branagh in that he often would star and direct the movies that he's in. Um, in Shakespearean adaptations, and Richard III is one of them. And it's, it's, it's basically a signature performance of Richard III. And it's unique, be- and for those of you who don't know Shakespeare too well, the, the thing that makes Richard III so interesting is that it's, um, at least within Shakespeare, is that most of the time you're following, you know, maybe a bunch of different people all at once, or there's a central protagonist who is laid low um, because of, like, a, a fault. Whereas Richard III is a dick. <laughs> it's like, that's the whole thing. Okay. And so, so he opens, the, sh- he, the show opens with him saying, now is the winter of our discontent. That's okay. his line. Okay. And he was Henry, Henry V. Yeah, he was Henry V. I believe he played Othello. Yikes. No. Yeah, yeah. In Othello? Play Othello, exactly how you think he played Othello. Um, wait, wait, well, hold, that, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, slow down, slow down. When did he play Othello? Because I'm going through his IMDb right now. I see Henry V, I see Hamlet... I see Richard III. I don't see Othello. Oh, 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 God, you're right. I think this is the version my parents tried to show me. <laughs> oh, my God, okay, you're right. I wasn't discounting saying you were wrong, but... Uh... <laughs> it's real bad. It's wow, real bad. that's terrible. Maybe I should watch that just for shits and giggles. Um... Oh, yeah, there's a couple of those. You can be, yeah. Wow, and so, after he, that, he, he, so, he, so he's, decided... um, he's famous for playing a lot of Shakespeare. 
Yeah, he's a Shakespeare. Yeah, he's a Shakespearean trained actor. Okay, um, and, and he's somebody who's uh, famously, King very Lear. famously hates hated method actors so much. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing he would do after this, besides Dracula, is uh, sorry. The two biggest, the three biggest things he would do after this is the Jazz Singer, Clash of the Titans, and King Lear. Yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, dude. No, that's 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 right. That's that's. About, I mean, Clash of the Titans. It's that one's so funny to be <laughs> one of his final ones. <laughs> Did you know who I confused Laurence Olivier with for many years in what role? No, who? Peter O'Toole in uh, Laurence of Olivier because of the oh, name. Oh, Laurence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah, Laurence yeah, of yeah. Arabia. Oh my God! What did I, I just fucked it up? Yeah, it's Laurence of Arabia. <laughs> Laurence Olivier is Laurence Olivier. What? Wait, hold on. Uh, oh wait, Laurence no. Olivier is Laurence of Arabia, right? No, two completely different things, Chris. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, he led a good life. He 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 lived till he was eighty-two. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's kind of a it's a it's a very interesting, weird end to his career because he has a lot of these you know kind of high concept, um, you know, obviously mostly Shakespearean adaptations, very respectable, and then some you know big, I would say like bigger productions, very um, prestigious, like either war films or thrillers and things like that. And then, like you said, that for also it should be noted. That that jazz sing the jazz singer that's the Neil Diamond one yes that everyone crafts on and his he plays like a basically a Jewish singer which is known as a cantor so the character name is Cantor Rabinovitz <laughs> or something like that gotcha gotcha yeah I it's, have it's the that, jazz singer by the way I've never seen it yeah yeah it's kind of like one of those things it's like well it's like they, they took a hatchet to a classic it's like well the classic also had the same Othello problem gotcha. So, Gotcha. Ah, okay. Yeah. So this is Lawrence of Olivier, uh, distinguished actor, uh, passed away very sick, unfortunately, at the time of making this movie. Yeah. Pretty well known. Mm-hmm. That's all the notes I have for this episode. As we end at the train station with the bromance hug. Yes, a very, a very, a very gentle bromance hug. Yes. Uh, Scott, where can people find us? You can find us at the Vampire Minute at Twitter, and you can find me at Scott C. Danielson. You can find me at Radio Horror on Sunday nights, Radio Horror on YouTube. Just posted up a review of the Blu-rays for, speaking of classic films, House of Wax and House of Wax 3D, which are two completely different kind of films. If you do, watch them back-to-back, just FYI. (laughs) Not really a remake of the other. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting five minutes of Dracula 79.